You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. I've got Amy Parks with me and we're doing a real talk and we're going to be talking about shiny object syndrome as group practice owners. I know most of us will come into dealing with this at some point in your group practice career, so I'm really excited that her and I get to talk about it and you guys can be little flies on the wall listening to our conversation. Hey, Amy. Hey, I know that everyone wishes we were on the beach in Hawaii uh, having this conversation. <laughs> oh my God, I totally miss uh, being there. I had such a fun time and it was obviously uh, so fun. We got to do whale watching together. <laughs> yes, except we saw no whales, but we did hear them. We heard and, them. And um, I think I miss the chickens eating your French fries the most. Uh, that, was the, that was the best. Yeah, with John, with John Clark and me trying to make him chase after chickens and learning that, oh my God, we're gonna, I'm going to totally throw him under the bus, but he used to like work in, an, in, in a ranch. He like was a chicken chickens. wrangler guy. Yes, exactly. We should have like a whole group chat at some, I don't know, some event that we're going to be all be at. We should all be like, in my previous life, I was a blank. Yes, totally. So fascinating what people did, you know, like before they did this. I know. Um, I was I was dying laughing when I was telling John. I'm like, I really, I really want to catch one of those baby chickens, but it's uh, or, uh it's I, I'm a little like afraid of birds, but they were so cute. <laughs> and then when that came out of his mouth, I was like, wait, what? Are, what did you do? <laughs> and uh-huh. then watching him run around in his flip flops trying to chase a chicken, which he actually caught. Yeah, which he did a great job. Exactly. Yes, he did. Exactly. So yes, I do miss uh, Hawaii, although it is getting really nice out here in Chicago. So last oh, week, good. Monday, uh, we had a snowstorm and my flight got canceled. I was supposed to go on a cruise. Luckily, we, we made it, but my flight got canceled and we had a drive to Detroit. It was like a whole mess. And um, yesterday it was 80 degrees. So, you know, Chicago. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, people call the weather bipolar. So there you go. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, Chicago is just yeah. all got over it. the place with the weather. Well, you know, it's funny that it's funny that we bring up Hawaii because actually, Maureen... <laughs> Hawaii is like the reason why this this topic was inspired because the shiny object syndrome is so easy to ignore when you're away from like the everyday stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's so easy and and I wonder to myself, do I just need to like cut myself off from social media? Do I need to cut myself off from other practice owners? And not learn from other people so that I could just like do my thing. Do you I ever think about that? 100%. 100%. And um, I don't think 
that that stops no matter how much you grow. I feel like there's, it's just the social media game has made it really easy to fall into this shiny object syndrome um, and this need to like do more when we might not need to. And that like doing more isn't the goal. Like it doesn't need to be the goal all the time to like one up and go up more and hire more and have more things going on and start these other businesses. And it's just really hard when we're online and we have thousands of practice owners at our fingertips and they're all doing these amazing things. And then we bunch all of their amazing things together and are like, we need to do all of those. Well, yeah. And it's not even just practice owners. I mean, if you're in any circles with any other business developer people or multi-level marketing people or, or anybody really that's doing like writing a book or, or, um, doing coaching or in sales, you know, there's just, there's always that, um, sense of, oh my gosh, maybe I should be doing that. And it's so funny. So, so shiny object syndrome in my mind, just to make sure I think we're on the same page, but, um, is like when you see something and you think, oh, well, maybe I should do that. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, the perfect, the perfect example is this. The conversation has been so frequently happening in your group that mm-hmm. it just makes me laugh now. And that is, um, well, there's two conversations that make me laugh. One of them is I'm using this phone service and I want to get rid of that phone service and I need a new phone service. And there's like 20 different phone services Can and I they talk? all have different good things and bad things. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can pick one and then a week later, some other one's going to come out. It's like the Apple phones <laughs> problem. It's always going to so pick one and just move on. And that's so hard. I totally get it. I'm constantly like, oh, maybe I should look at that one. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe. Okay. So I should. And then I think to myself, no, no, no. Yeah. Stop. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, seriously, I, I totally get that. And uh, running that group, it makes me laugh because so many of the questions are asked so many times and I, I, I can't seem to figure out an easy way to minimize 500 of the same conversations. I, I have units where people can easily search and I, I've made, you know, it just, it doesn't work. The questions are going to get asked a hundred times and it's going to make you think a hundred times over, oh wait, maybe I should change this one. Yeah, I should to change my EHR. Yes. Because, yes. Right, exactly. Which is going to be like 12, <laughs> like 12 months worth of change to try to tackle. Yeah. And um, I always say like at the end of the day, these EHRs are all going to end up in the same place. Like right now, because EHRs in these past five or six years has become what we use versus like Office Ally, um, they're all evolving and changing so much, but eventually they're all going to have a patient portal. Eventually they're all going right. to just like, at the click of right. a button, do everything we needed to do. And so when right. people talk about these changes now, I'm like, it'll all be there. We'll all be at the same place. Therapy notes, simple practice, Theranest, all of them, right. they'll, all be, they'll all be at the same place. They're all stuff. evolving. Yeah. Well, I have gone through, not, not EHRs. I've always used simple practice sort of from the very beginning. So I've just been like, wait, you know, it, I figure if it's working for me, then I don't need to change it. I think that that's how you distinguish whether you should make a change or not. Yeah. And um, also it, to know that not everything will work, right? Like it works right. enough. Like right. I use therapy notes and the patient portal is not that great right now, but it's, it's moving in that direction. I'm not going to change the simple practice because I know simple practice has a great patient portal. And same with you. Like you got, you probably have all these things with simple practice that works well. And it's what maybe all integrated. Yes. But yeah. maybe there's like one piece, like the fact that you guys don't have the greatest uh, support, you know, that right. therapy process, right. like don't, you wouldn't change it up for that one thing. Cause eventually, right. I mean, if it really bothered me, I would, or yeah. if it was really, I think, I think you have to look at it and say, is this hurting my money line? 
Yeah. Because it's really not. It's aggravating to me occasionally, yeah. but it's not enough to change. And so we went through in my business, we went through, I think, four different uh, client resource manager CRMs, yeah. four different ones. We started at MailChimp. Okay. Then we went to AWeber. Then we went to Infusionsoft, uh-huh. which was insane. <laughs> and then I'm finally like, F this. I'm going, <laughs> going back to MailChimp. Because it's so easy to use. I, I need something intuitive. I don't need 12 layers of nurturing sequences. I mean, I love that there's so much you can do with so many things. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, in our business, I think it's tricky because we don't just, I'm not on a daily basis just thinking about, and not that this is a just sort of like it's a small thing, but I'm not compartmentalized to thinking only about the business. I'm also thinking about the mental health of a 16-year-old that I have to see this afternoon and mm-hmm. an IEP meeting that I have on Wednesday and two divorced parents that can't be in the same room together and like all of that stuff. Yep. And then for don't forget to mention like we have some, some of us have kids and families and elderly parents and dogs and uh <laughs> you know I mean and so it's so funny. I mean how many times I think I rescheduled this podcast oh my gosh this chat <laughs> twice. <laughs> because I felt guilty and I was like, oh my God, please don't. Mm. Don't feel it's guilty. Just, right? There's so many, there's don't. so many things happening. And you know, part of me really um wants to live in like Paris where where John is. And just I know, right, living. John. We're talking about you a lot today. Yeah, we are talking about you, John. Um or or just somewhere where it just feels easier and and so here's, I think, the secret, Maureen, and that is that there is nowhere that it feels easier. We have to take the time emotionally and mentally and spiritually or whatever works for you to find the ease in yourself. So what, what are you doing with this shiny object syndrome when it comes to the social media stuff? Because obviously every day you can see 500 things that you can do differently that maybe will make a slight shift in your business um, or your sanity or whatever? Well, I think I do three really important things. So one of them is I ask my, I have a a virtual um, financial advisor, a a CFO, a virtual chief financial officer. Um, I had been using her as an accountant and I've pulled back the accounting. I've taken it in house which is going to be horrifying, except for um, I need to be more hands-on with, uh, with what's going in and what's coming in and going out. So yeah. I pulled it back in-house. Um, but she's still my financial chief financial officer virtually. So I ask her, if it's something on the money line, I'll ask her. And she'll be like, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Like, Don't do that. That's stupid. Like I was like, I'm going to open another office. She says, really? Really, like, <laughs> really want to do that. Um, and we talked about because I have other priorities too. I'm writing a book. I do a wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm writing a book. It's in my head. It's fabulous. <laughs> it's a Can bestseller. I, in my tell you, I've been writing a book for like four years. Um, and and if you could see right now, I, I I'm holding this up. I don't know why I'm doing this right now, but I have about 75 sticky notes on a big poster board with all the chapters and topics. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it takes forever, okay. doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. I think mine is going to hopefully be out around Christmas. We'll <gasps> see. Um, nice. But yeah, it's um, it's pretty exciting. So yeah, so she knows that I'm doing that and that I speak and stuff like that, and in that I'm not going to necessarily make 
exponentially more money by exponentially growing, at least not in my area. So I ask her, so she's the voice of financial reason. Then if I, if I don't, if if she's not the one I ask, I ask my VA whose name is also Amy and she's been working with me for six years. She knows me. She knows what I can manage. She knows where we're going. She's my, you know, voice of every other type of reason that there exists. She knows Mm -hmm. I have four kids and a grandson and blah, blah, blah. So, and then at the end of the day, if I even feel like, oh, that is interesting to me, I'll make a note of it in Evernote and then I'll move on. Yes. I love that idea. I want to say that the, the first thing that you bring up of having um, the CFO person and then Amy number two, or maybe Amy number one, however yeah, you Yeah, she's probably number one. Let's give credit. <laughs> uh, but is, is actually exactly what I do and something that I think group practice owners are not utilizing, which is having other people in leadership type positions who you can lean on. You know, uh, so many of us think it, we own the group, we need to make every big decision, and then we have clinicians and admin assistants and all that. Um, one of the biggest changes I, I made that made such an improvement on decision making because I am very much, uh, I have ADHD, so I very much need to always be doing something and it can overwhelm my staff to be, you know, opening locations and adding these things and doing this and running groups and doing workshops and going here and there. That um, my clinical director and I have uh, supervisors at every each location, we have um, a leadership meeting every month. And I will use them and they know, they know our values, they know our mission, they know where our business is supposed to go. And when I come up with these like amazing in my head at the moment ideas of we should do this and we should do that, um, they will help cut down some of those ideas and say, how is this in alignment with, you know, where we want the business to go as a whole, but also they can hold space for me to just let the ideas out and then be like, no. A lot of times, once I just put it out into the world, I'm like, no, I don't. No, that, yeah. I don't want to do that thing. That sounded yeah. really good because, you know, I heard it somewhere else and that sounded like that would be a fun thing or something that would create more passive income or whatever. So I, I think you brought up a really good point that is super helpful is having other people in leadership in your business because uh, they become a valuable asset in terms of decision-making um, and, and especially when it comes to the shiny object syndrome, because they tend to have less of that because they're not in this sphere that we're in where we exactly, see exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they, they're looking at it literally from the ground up and are like, well, I don't know how helpful that would be to the group practice to do that thing or that's right, like exactly. a whole lot more time than, uh, than what you're expecting it to take to grow this thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, like they, they're sort of in my head enough but separate enough to be able to say, hmm, you know, and I really value, like if, if so the person who's my CFO, her name is Maddie Brown, she's fabulous. And if I, and I've had her for about five years. And if I um, say something, I mean, she'll just like, she won't hesitate. She'll be like, nope, nope, can't do that. Not doing that. <laughs> and, and it's really, and, it, and I'm, it, it's, I respect her enough to say, okay, tell me, you know, tell me why. Um, and, and she'll just say, you know, well, that's just really not going to serve you. And I use also a, a technique I learned from Uriah, um, our friend Uriah, um, what up, Uriah? Hey, Uriah, <laughs> um, who said, who has on his calendar, a weekly visit of his ideas list. Oh, that's so nice. I just visit, I have it on my calendar. I just sort of pop into my, I have Evernote list. I just check in there every now and then when I've seen something interesting, like 
look at all call or whatever. Oh my God. And I'll go in and I'll say, nope, forget it. I'm not doing that. I don't need that. And I'll are, just, you, are you looking at all call right now? No, I'm not. Okay. I use grasshopper and it works perfectly fine. <laughs> and there we go. We're done. I have a gal that answers our phone who actually, our gal that answers our phone lives in Michigan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Near Grand Rapids, near Joe Sanok. Oh. Hey, Joe, we're mentioning all of our good friends today. <laughs> Who else should we mention? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully some more will come up in our conversation. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so what are you, is there anything shiny object syndrome wise that you're dealing with right now? Um, I think good? it's around the book. I think the things I'm, I'm noticing right now are around the book. And, and you'll find this too when you, I mean, you've got your whole poster full of chapters oh, and you probably have four books on that poster, I guarantee no, it's one book with all the chapters. Oh, oh but saying, I guarantee you, though, once you start writing it, it will become four books. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, holy I'm heck. 13 yeah. pages in, and it's still chapter one, so. It, yes, see? <laughs> see, it's going to be four books. I'm already you telling guys, you. guys, it's on group practice building, and you probably are going to all be like, this is way too long. Well, and that's really important to mm-hmm. think about because, um, so, and I'll mention another person. Do you know Joe Muirhead? You should yeah, definitely, you saw her. She was in white. Yeah, 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 yeah. So her book is kind of the perfect little, uh, perfect, not yes, little, but perfect bites. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. So yeah. I think that, um, you know, you want to speak to people in a chapter and then, you know, you can expand on it when they want to. But then, anyway, that's, so I yep. think that that is where um, I, I have the most, shiny object syndrome because I'll like be reading New York times and I'll be like, Oh, I like this research. I need to pull that research and, mm-hmm. or I need that or I need yep. that. And it gets, <laughs> and then 30 years later, you're still writing your book. Well, right. Exactly. So there's a, there's a philosophy and I think it's a Seth Godin philosophy of just ship. Sometimes you have to just ship and it may not be perfect when yep. you do it but you just do it. Yeah. And just like your website, all these people are stagnant about getting their website done and, and they have no clients yet, but they're stagnating and building their website. And, and I, it's, it's painful for me to watch them because I know how fluid your website needs to be. We're doing a big re- website refresh actually in May. And, um, and so it, 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 you know, it'll be a second edition of the book or it'll be a part two or it'll be a different book, you know, yep. things just evolve and, part of the shiny object syndrome problem is you get stuck in, you get mired in the loop of the looking loop and you don't break yourself out of it into the doing loop. Yes. Doing. Yep. You're, you look, you're looking into it, you're thinking about it and then you come up with all of these obstacles that you have to overcome before you even start instead of just doing it. Yeah. So I think that the, the moral of the story, so the, the, the message of the day is um, to really, you know, decide, is this a, when you see something that interests you, write it down because in a week it probably won't interest you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just like when you go to the mall and you see like a really cute purse, like, that is so cute, but it's $500. Let me come back in a week and still see if I still like it. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Like I'll go back and visit it. So, so write down something you like and go back and visit it. And if it doesn't, isn't broke, don't try to fix it. Yes. I think that is a huge, a huge one is, um, yes, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Not everything needs to be continuously looked at. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. all for streamlining systems and looking at them and not just putting a system in place and then leaving it there forever. But I, I can see how it can easily become this polar opposite of, you know, either you 
put a system in place in your business or whatever and then never look at it or you're constantly looking at it and refining something that doesn't need to be refined. There's this nice middle area, which is why I like to look at things once a year and say, is this working or is it not? If it's not working, then start doing research. And if there's other things out there that don't look like they're a million times better, then keep it, keep it going. And if there is something that can make a huge difference and make things 10 times better, then, then make that change. But like, just if it's, if things are working, don't look at it. Yeah. That would be a neat roadmap to build. If you haven't already thought it through is like, I just saw in an, in a magazine, I'll have to send you, I'll, I'll take a copy a picture of it and send it to you. It was kind of like an annual refresh of your, I think it was your social media or something like that, your presence mm-hmm. or something where you just take an annual look at something. And so breaking it down, like if you're taking an annual look at your nurturing sequence, for example, here are the 10 questions you want to ask yourself. And if you're taking an annual look at this, you know, here the, anyway, sorry, just gave you something else to do on your to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) But it just never ends. I mean, you know. And I think maybe, you know, looping back around to what you started with, with the social media thing. I mean, sometimes I'm in a place where I just want to shut it all off. Yep. That's what I have to do too. Yeah. It's I hard. Think you really have to. It's hard because you want to be involved and you want to contribute to the community and all of that stuff. But, but at the end of the day, it has to be. Um, you have to be feel great about what you're doing. And uh, and if you're constantly, constantly, constantly asking questions, you have to wonder. Hmm. Right. Is this the is this the direction that makes sense for me if I'm right. constantly struggling? And just acknowledging that people can be making movement and you don't have to. You know. Right. Right. It's not right. always about doing. Sometimes yeah. it's about sailing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We so. should all be doing more of that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Your theme music for this podcast episode can be that move, that song, Sailing. Oh, uh, it's like from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good song. <laughs> I haven't heard it in a while, actually. <laughs> podcast editors, put that in there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Add that. Oh, Amy, it was amazing talking to you. Uh, as usual, you are humorous and you brighten my day. So I'm so glad that we got to talk, even though you are super busy. I'm uh, grateful and appreciative that you took some time out. Um, to talk about always happy too. Yeah, shiny address, object syndrome. So enjoy the rest of your Monday and uh, good luck on your book. Keep me posted on that. I'm excited. To I see will. You. I yeah. will. Absolutely. Hopefully I'll have some stuff by the time I see you this summer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm cool. going to see you this summer again. I forget. I know. <laughs> I know, but you're going to be super busy, but it'll be fun. Yeah, it will. I hopefully. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yep. Terrific. Thanks, Maureen. I really appreciate it. It was fun hanging out with you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next time.